shouldn't you tell a secret in a cornfield because there are too many ears do you get it do you get it hey everybody my name is Brent Reed this is another all-new downright sports look at your clock or how you check the time and there's only one question that needs to be asked well what time is it Scraping 
my wet, sleeping my knife in the bed. They got a nigga on point like it's a price in my head. I'm going max. Got me knocking suckers on You are now listening to the hottest station. DJ Chase Radio. www.djchaseradio.com Better picture me rolling, grind brand new rims, but them bitches are stolen, stranded on death row. Bring the heaven, my baby, but I'm sick of my paper. I need a brand new listening to Downright Sports with notorious sports critic Brent Reed. Maybach music. Downright Sports, the first official episode of Downright Sports for 2024. Happy New Year to everybody. Seasons, greetings, if you will. How's everybody doing out there? I am your host, the notorious sports critic Brent Reed, back again with an all-new Downright Sports here on DJ Chase Radio and DJ Chase Radio app, and also on Apple and Spotify, anywhere else you can download the show. How about that? Let's go. Um, if you tuned in on New Year's for the show or you listen on the podcast on the replay or watch it on Facebook Live on the replay, let's just say we had a lot of fun <laughs> on New Year's. Original plan was the show was not supposed to start till 1130 and um, we would just do the show. Uh, I don't think it's recorded. We we're supposed to do the show at like 1130 and the ball would drop. Well... Uh, I was like, let's start at 11, and I did, and I uh, first time in a long time, an hour show, no breaks, um, non-stop, and the first time on Facebook and Instagram where I just kept going and uh, spinning the yarn, if you will, I was so drunk, <laughs> anyway, welcome to an all-new episode, uh, um, nice, you know, the show uh, we, the current stage you see it in now kicked off in 2016 and fast forward to here and here we are, you know, so it's kind of cool. The show kicked off during a, no, it wasn't 16. The, uh, who cares? The show's been on for a long time and it's been going and hopefully it keeps going strong. So let's get into it. Shall we? Shall we? Um, yesterday. On uh, New Year's Day, uh, college football's playoffs, the semifinals, uh, kicked off. Uh, the two games in those semifinals were uh, the Sugar Bowl and the... I didn't write it down. That's the sad part. <laughs> I didn't write it down. It wasn't the Fiesta. Rose Bowl. Gosh darn it. I knew that. The Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl uh, kicked off. The semifinals where we would see in the Sugar Bowl, the late game, Texas versus Washington. And uh, in the Rose Bowl, you would see Michigan versus Alabama. The, and Michigan being in the Rose Bowl is probably the most historical thing that is still going in sport in college football. Because the Rose Bowl used to be um, the winner of the Pac-10 would face. I can't remember the other conference. 
but I think it was like the winner of the Pac-10. Oh, Pac-10 and Pac-12 would face each other in the Rose Bowl, which we're going to talk a lot about bowls and what are necessary and what is unnecessary and how to kind of fix this. But I really wished, I enjoyed the Michigan-Alabama game. I wish the Texas-Washington game had came on first. Uh, it was, I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a sucker for offense. I love offense. Give me offense. Give me all the offense in the world. I want offense. I appreciate a good defensive game. I appreciate a defensive played game, but for the most part, I want to see an offensive game. I want to see a shootout. I want the final score to be 65 to 55. Like, I'm just going to tell you. The best game I think I ever saw in more recent years offensively, like, I thought this was going to be the future of the NFL. Was it the Rams and the Chiefs? It could have been when I became a Patrick Mahomes fan. They just was letting that thing fly. And um, football has a funny way of catching up to itself and coming coming back around and... Um, defense returns and it returned and... It returned this year in the pros, and you saw it last night. Uh, there's no argument here that Alabama and Michigan should not have made. They should make like why they should why they did make the playoffs. There's no argument for me. I felt Alabama should have been in because they beat a team that hasn't lost in three years. Now, with that being said, we'll talk about the next uh, the other two games. But Washington earned. Without a question, being undefeated, winning a big conference. And it's funny to me, I'm going to put on a side note, you're listening to a lot of people talk about how the ACC isn't a big conference. The ACC has a recent winner of a championship than the Pac-12. I don't think the Pac-12 has won a championship, a football championship, since USC did it all those years ago. Oregon has been a few times, but they haven't won. Um, Washington hasn't won. I don't think any of Stanford... None of them have won. It's been the ACC because of Clemson and Florida State, mind you, have championships more recent than the Pac-12. So don't give me this nonsense that the Pac-12 is this more superior product than the ACC. Um, but you saw last night, and I know ooh, Texas hung in there. Let's be real. Washington's defense is trash. They're not ranked. They're, they're terrible. They're like in the hundreds or something like that. But this Texas team that got a good victory over Alabama early in the year when they were trying to find out who their quarterback was going to be couldn't even take the lead over this Washington team. This Washington team did what it was supposed to do. It outscored Texas, and then when it came down to it, they beat Texas, moving on to the championship. Michigan and Alabama was two defensive teams Going at it. I'm not going to give you X's and O's. I'm not going to give you stat lines like I normally would in this case. But watching the game, I watched that game all the way through. Allie watched the game with me, and she even was like, why won't they throw the ball? And if you go, I'm not going to pull. Maybe I will pull the numbers as I keep talking. But I felt for Bama to have won that game. If Alabama was going to win that game, they needed, they needed. Let me say this again. They needed to had started throwing the ball towards the end. Michigan's defense is strong. Michigan's defense is real. Michigan's defense is built to win. Michigan's defense mirrors, to me, with my naked eye, 
those good defensive teams you saw Clemson had, those good defensive teams, it's not on the scale as Bama or even Georgia, but it's uh, it's a close second. And when you, it doesn't matter what level you're in, if you got a great defense and your quarterback cannot let the ball fly, you're going to be in trouble because all they got to do is stack the box to stop anybody from running. Both teams relied on the run heavily. Even Michigan towards the tail end. Michigan looked like they had more of a we don't want to lose this game kind of mentality versus Alabama who's trying to win. Now, funny enough, I live tweeted this whole thing. I feel like I'm bragging about myself about nothing. But I live tweeted this whole game. And the reason for it was kind of for me to document mentally like what I was witnessing here. And what I was with, what I what I witnessed with my eye, and my eye doesn't accumulate to a hill of beans, but what I witnessed was you saw Michigan gave Bama a chance. They let the window. I said going into half, Michigan needed a bigger lead. You do not want to give Nick Saban time to pick apart your 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 team. And sure enough, Bama came out and they took the lead and, and it was starting to look like, uh-oh, this is going to be a Bama victory. But to Nick Saban, uh, to, to Jim Harbaugh's credit, he kept that team composed. He locked down that defense. They did not let the quarterback of Alabama just get loose and go crazy. He contained him. And that's where you saw, oh, the differences in the two type of teams. And how Michigan's team, I'm not going to say is historically great defense, but is a very, very, very good, strong defense. This team stopped um, Ohio State, beat them. Beat them bad, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, nah, it wasn't terrible, but 30 to 20, uh, 24, they didn't let them score. Look at Michigan throughout through this year, okay? Out of every opponent they played, not one of them, not one of them scored more than 25 points. In fact, um, the most was 24 back-to-back weeks with Maryland and Ohio State. But uh, against a ranked Penn State, 15 points. Uh, Against... um, Everybody else was kind of trash. I ain't going to lie to you. But against Iowa, who was ranked... Zero points. They didn't let any points. And against Alabama, only 20 points. So now you have the perfect scenario. You have the Washington offense, the superior offensive firepower versus the strong steel of Michigan's defense. And the question is going to be, well, who's going to break first? Who's going to win first? If you go back and watch the game, the Bama game and the Michigan game and then the Texas game and the Washington game, what they had in common was this feel-out process. Early on, both teams scored early. Early on, the defenses stepped up and then they would score again. The teams made mistakes, but it was mistakes ultimately which cost both games. In the case of... Man, that's static again. In the case of Washington versus Michigan, it's going to take for Washington to win this game. Their defense just has to be okay, all right? Their defense just has to be good enough to... Sorry, guys. I got to, like, I'm starting to hear static in my headset. So, if you see, if you listen to me, I'm a little distracted, but I'll stop. I'll, I'll maintain. If you are Washington, 
you go back and you watch that Texas tape and you watch to see not what you did bad, but what you did great and defensively. Because looking at Michigan, like Michigan's got one of those styles where the quarterback is probably going like he threw 27 times. I mean, not too good, not too bad. 27 times, three touchdowns, 221 yards. It's nothing to kind of like, oh, yeah, he lit it up out there. He's not like a Caleb Williams or um, even the Oregon quarterback in Bo Nix. There's nothing, nothing to that extreme. But you look at the, the Texas game. Let's go to the Texas game. And the Texas quarterback who threw 300, uh, three, uh, 318 yards, 43 times. He threw the ball 43 times, no interceptions. If you're Washington, you're going, oh, this could be, this is what we kind of want here. This guy ain't going to throw the ball that much. He ain't throw the ball that much all year. So now you, as Washington, have to make sure you don't make any mistakes. You, you, You can't afford an interception. You can't, listen, interceptions may happen. But a fumble, you got to make sure you secure the ball. And I know I'm like making common sense references, but in all honesty, the way Michigan's defense has shut down offenses all year, now they're playing the team that's one of the best offenses in college football. Here's the numbers to prove it. Uh, Boise, 56. Tulsa, 43. Michigan uh, Michigan State University, 41. Cal, 59. Uh... Arizona State was like their lowest scoring game at 15 points. When they played USC, 52 points. When they played Utah, 35 points. This is a team that's averaging 30 points a game. Granted, they're not playing any defensive juggernauts, but in the same in the same conversation, their offense is what they do. But this is what you watch the games for because now we're going to find out if uh, Washington, if you know. The old tale, does a good offense beat a great defense or does a great offense beat a good defense? We're going to find out here really soon. And I personally think it would be slap in the face if Michigan wins and it's a slap in the face if Washington wins to college football. Why? Well, the college football world told the Pac-12, you're not important enough to be relevant. We don't care about your conference. And it was so that the teams left the conference, abandoned the conference. The teams, hold on, I'll tell you right now. What teams are leaving uh, the Pac-12? That's a question we need to know. What teams are leaving the Pac-12? Here we go. So, UCLA and USC are out. That's two of their biggest teams. They're, they're, they're ditching out. They're deucing, deuces. Colorado is rejoining the Big 12, so they're leaving. Oregon and Washington have announced they're going to the Big 10. So here you're going to have, if you're the Pac-12, you're going to have a champion. And your champion is heading out in 2024, going to, a, going to the conference of the team that they're playing in in the championship. And you pretty much have, you, you just beat a SEC team, you beat a, a, a team, you beat Texas going to the SEC now in the Big 12, but you beat a, you, you beat that, so you showed that you could start with the big dogs, 
And if you're the Pac-12 right now, you're like, what the hell? And if you're college football, you're like, what the heck? You're what? What did we allow to happen? This is a beautiful story. You got a team as far as it can go, going representing the whole West Coast, rep, representing damn near Alaska, and you're letting it leave. Why? Because of television. Why? Because of ratings. Why? Because of money. It's always because of money. And if you're if Michigan wins in your college football, holy Moses, what do you do? Because the head coach on that team was called a cheater, was suspended. The guy was alleged that he was cheating with got was canned, and he's won every game since you accused him of cheating, and now he's in the big game. And there's going to be questions being asked all week. Trust me. Trust me, the Raiders will be good. Michigan Michigan has fans. Michigan has true, true fans. They're not going to cry. Do not cry for them, Argentina. But college football, ESPN, ABC, all of America wanted Alabama and Texas. Those historical teams, Nick Saban, blah, 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 blah. They wanted that. That's what they wanted. They didn't get it. Quite frankly, I'm going to look forward to this game. I think it's going to be fun. Wish the game started a lot earlier than what it's going to, but case of rise Now, before I move on, we must talk about this bowl situation. God in heaven, there are way, way too many bowl games. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, this year there were 41 bowl games. All right, in the news segment, I'm going to go over the the, the, the the results of some of them. But there were 41 bowls. I'm going to go over some of these absurd bowls. The bowl games started. Come on, don't you do this to me. Give me the bowls. Come on. Bowl games. Uh, this is all over the place. Can I have the bowl games, please? Is it thing? Is it going to give me the bowl games or not? I'm trying to get all, I had it, and then I did some. In any case, <clears throat> you have what you call the New Year's Six, which is historical bowl games, okay? And then what they, oh, December 16th. And then you should call the, why the hell do we have these? You have your, you have your New Year's Six, and then the, what the hell is this? That's what it should be called. There's the Myrtle Beach Bowl, the Cricket uh, ce uh, Celebration Bowl, the... <laughs> R and L carriers New Orleans Bowl. And you know what's funny? A lot of these bowl games are played in the same arena. So whoever owns these arena, whoever owns the these arenas, they're not upset. They're not angry. The owners and the landlords of said arenas are like, shut up, Brent. But a lot of these bowl games are played in the same arena. Uh you had the I'm trying to find the most absurd one. There's the um the Scooter's Coffee Bowl. That's the Fiesta Bowl now? No. For, okay, I thought that was the Fiesta Bowl. The RoofClaim.com. Union Home Mortgage. Like, this is the craziest thing. <laughs> they just sound bad. The Famous Potato. Um, Easy Port Hawaii Bowl. Uh, Guarantee Rate. I don't, like... I, I had a whole different script laid out for these bowls. I was going to call it what it is. This is nothing but advertisement. And it's, forgive me for saying this, 
It's the horrorization of college football. They basically needed an excuse. Like, ESPN needed to sell football, okay? The college season, the final games end around, like, Thanksgiving. Some before that. And you got the NFL that you're supposed to, you know, that runs it. But if you're ESPN, and for that matter, like, I think Fox gets a bowl game here and there. But if you're mainly ESPN, you don't have football until you don't, until the playoff. You got Monday night football. You get football one day a week. So you're like, oh, my God, what do I do here? I don't have football. What we'll do is we will say, listen, sponsor A. Create a bowl, sponsor a bowl game, no matter how absurd or stupid it sounds, and we will broadcast it for you. Like, currently right now, we are months, days, and weeks away from the fans-only bowl. We are months and weeks away from um, from Skip and Dad's home and body bowl. Like, if, <laughs> this is going to sound messed up. If I was BET, I would get in the bowl business, and I would have the, um, the, the, uh, um, What's the strip clubs in Atlanta? I can't think of them anymore. But I would have like the Diamond uh, Diamonds Gentleman Club Bowl. Play it only in Vegas or in Atlanta. Tell me that wouldn't sell out. If a giant Pop-Tart could come out in the middle of the field during halftime, could you imagine the halftime show for Diamonds Gentleman's Club Bowl? I'm here to tell you. That would be the most watched bowl game in America for all sorts of reasons, good and bad. There are too many bowl games. In 1970, there were 11. In 1980, there was 15. In 1990, there was 19. The Blockbuster Bowl happened to be one of them. In 2000, there were 25. In 2010, there were 35. In 2020, they dropped back to 26. I think the pandemic has something to do with that. And this year, 41 bowls. In 1950, these were your bowl games. Cotton, Gator, Orange, Rose, Sugar, and Sun. The oldest being the Rose Bowl, which dates back to damn near the 1800s. There are too many bowl games. Here's how you fix the bowl. If you And the issue is, your, the best players aren't going to play in these games. So how do you fix that? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. The sponsors, now that you got your NIL contracts and all this great stuff, the sponsors of those games pony up a hundred stacks each player. You're gonna make the money back in TV. Easy. You're gonna make the money back. Pony up a hundred stacks. Pony up fifty stacks. Seventy-five, if you will. Each player pony up, break them off. You get the best players. Hey everybody, this is Darren Ray Sports. Uh, follow the show on all social media. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, which we're live on right now. Uh, you also go, download the DJ Chase Radio app, especially if you're listening on DJ Chase Radio. It will be interesting that you don't have the app, so download it. Now, do it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return back in segment number two, we're going to talk more football, but it's going to be more on I can't believe that just happened to him, but who didn't see that coming? And uh, yeah, we'll be right back with more. Downright sports. We're gonna throw in the box next. Where's my script at? Oh, I got a surprise for all you. It can be a bit outcasted 
if you will. Downright sports, everybody. The price is wrong, bitch.
We are back, a little outcast. If you were listening, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or even TikTok, if you watch the clips later, um, and you like, hey, why is he always talking about music? Download the podcast, and you can hear the music. I always, I like to play different stuff. Um, I apologize if you're not a big hip hop fan. Um, I'm a big hip hop head. I try to play a little everything. Uh, it's going to be a lot of, mostly hip-hop story on this computer. Um, so last week, uh, I want to say it was either third. It was, was it, it was before the game on Sunday. But um, Sean Payton in the Denver Broncos was like, yo, we're benching Russell Wilson. And it was like, word. And it was like, <laughs> we're not benching him because like he's trash or nothing. But, like, we, we're benching him because um, we owe him too much money. <laughs> like, d- defined absurd, and that's in the dictionary. The question isn't if it's right or wrong. It's, I think the question is, was it done the right way? I'm going to come out and flat out say, Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos have completely disrespected Russell Wilson for being who he is, which was the best representation you could have hoped for, for your quarterback. And I'm not going to go down certain rabbit holes. I My brain went there. I could do it. I'm going to stay away from it on my show. But you have to say to yourself, where in the history of the game have you found a scenario in which a quarterback or a player of any caliber it, you know, like when they get benched, they're, it's not, you know, we're going to, you know, the season's pretty much over. We got eliminated from the playoffs. We want to see what our options could be in the future. Or, hey, the season's over. We're going to rest Russ. He's been dealing with some injuries. Like, there are proper ways and politer ways to have handled this scenario than what they did. What, um, what Denver did and what, Sean Payton did was all but embarrass this young he's younger than me but embarrassed him basically just put his business out there said we we basically overpaid this is not the player we were paying for this is not the person we wanted we overpaid we overplayed our hand but you paid him you did are you going to do the same thing if Sean Payton doesn't deliver are you going to come out and release a statement when Sean Payton doesn't win you a Super Bowl, when Sean Payton doesn't take you to the playoffs, are you going are you going to release a statement saying, "Hey, Sean Payton's not going to coach the rest of the year because we owe him too much money." Will you or won't you do that? Like that's the conversation that needs to be had. That's the conversation I can't follow this. That's the conversation that kind of needs to happen and for the NFL, there's two things the NFL has done. That is, they're just sitting back on their hands. Sean, I mean, Russell Wilson has done everything. He's embraced their, whatever, the team, the history. He's got his whole family on the sidelines wearing orange. Side note, think to yourself, you're Sierra. You was the first lady of music with the court, with the, with the, with, with a quarterback in the NFL. And then Taylor Swift just moved you to page 100. Like, eh, eh, that's just cold. But 
you're looking at a scenario where this guy doesn't do anything bad off the field. Now, if it comes out a week later that Russell's in Denver riding Broncos butt naked in the in the in the mountains of the, the Rockies, okay, well that's just comical. That's hilarious. I am sitting here rooting for that story, but I know it's never gonna come out. But again, I am. Now, the story only gets better if he's butt naked riding through the Rockies of Denver wearing only cowboy boots, not even a cowboy hat, with a pair of headphones on, listening to all futures. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's stay on track. You bench the guy for nothing, okay? If you look at his numbers for this year, they're not nothing to blow, you know, to, 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 to go crazy over, but 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, okay? He's thrown over 3,000 yards, his um his completion is 66%. His career completion is 64%. He's already doing better than his career. The most touchdowns he's ever thrown in the season is 40, and that was in 2020. He is 35 years old, but his career average in touchdowns is roughly around 26. He's doing what he has done. Everybody can see these numbers. This is what he has done. He's done nothing any different. And you're benching the guy solely because he's not your lovely Drew Brees. I miss Drew so much. Let me be clear. I said this on, on Monday. I understand winning the Super Bowl is the next closest thing to winning a Nobel Peace Prize. Because, it, you know, when you win a, you don't have to, winning the World Series, winning an NBA championship, an Olympic gold medal, none of that matters. But when you win a Super Bowl, only other thing closest to winning the Super Bowl is the Pope and God himself anointing you to saint status. Let me be clear. Sean Payton won one Super Bowl, has not been back. He's went to the conference championship one more extra time, but he has not won another Super Bowl. I don't think his one Super Bowl warrants him to have all this, all, this, this, this overall anointed Thanos-like power over this franchise. He won one Super Bowl one time. No other times after that hasn't been back to the Super Bowl. Where, on the other hand, you have a quarterback who has been to two Super Bowls, two, won one, lost one, and didn't get blowed out. He lost one in a stupid call as his head coach made the call. He threw the interception, no question. But you're not going to find another quarterback in this league currently right now more skilled than that. In a league today that is full of backups all over the place, you're already paying the guy. He could do the job. Why not just see if it could work? But it won't work. You know why? Because Sean Payton has this image of what his quarterback is supposed to be. Good luck, Sean Payton. Denver will win because, you know, uh, um, you know, spite has a funny way of doing that. But if I'm Russell Wilson, what I'm doing right now is I'm talking to my family, and I'm 35, we got plenty of bread, and if if Sierra's like, look, go out, see if you can redeem yourself, make it work, cool, go make it work. Two places I'm looking to go if I'm him, though. I'm looking to go to Atlanta, or I'm looking to go to Washington. I know you're like, why Washington? Washington is not that far from where he's from. He's a Richmond kid. He can, you know, it'd be a good redemption story. He's better than whatever the heck Washington's been feeling out there. 
And honestly, if he does half of what if he does half of what he did here, you know, this past year, it'd be better than what Washington had. If he goes down to Atlanta, he will be anointed to a status you've never heard. He walked into Denver, and I'm not going to lie to you, and I'm going to wrap this up. He looked like a chump when he got to Denver. He shows up. He's got the Peyton Manning-like suit on. He's talking about Broncos country. He looked like a chump. He looked like a straight-up sucker. I ain't going to lie to you. You, 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 you basically you left Seattle. We know what Seattle was, but you, you, you went up into Denver, and you try to implement something, and that may be who he is. I don't know the man, but all I know is on the paper and on the surface, not to sound like can't, but you look like a chump. You look like a punk. I ain't gonna lie. You had your family out there. You like, dude, and that ain't you is never going to be as beloved as John Elway and Peyton Manning in that city. It won't gonna happen. You could have won three Super Bowls. It wasn't gonna be the same. But hear me out. If he spends the next three seasons in Washington or Atlanta. He will redeem his career. The North, the NFC South is a very weak division. And Atlanta was good this year with a quarterback that I'm pretty sure filled out a job application at T, uh, at uh, TJ Maxx not that long ago. And then if you look at Washington, they were trash. But in that division that can go from good to bad overnight... Washington could easily find themselves the third best team in the NFC uh, uh, East, which is not a bad thing because, and if, you know, realistically it's banana pill time for Dallas. So they're only a banana pill away from, you know, falling back to the bottom of the team. I think Philly's built to win, but if he can go to Washington and make the commanders and trust me, as corny as he is, the commanders are equally as corny. So Russell and the commanders just go hand in hand. I can see him walking out with like a general's uniform before the game. It just works out. But all he has to do is just play close to what he's played here. If Eric Benemy's as good as who he says he is and he ends up becoming the head coach of this team, then he kind of gets a poor man's Patrick Mahomes. We'll see what happens. So that's what I think. And I, I'm, But I think the whole situation was done wrong. And that's my opinion. That's why I do this show. Well, kids, it's that time of the show where we do what now? We do the news. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the news. So buckle up, fasten your seat, because we're going to talk about some of the biggest stories. Really, we're just going to talk about the bowl games, and I'm going to talk about the NBA standings. This is Downright Sports, everybody. <laughs> the nation's leading producer of aluminum presents an exciting new headline game. It's news to me. All right, it's time for the news. Let's get into it. Uh-huh. Ring. All right, let's kick it off. The New York Jets cut uh, Devin Cook. Devin Cook, who was one, the, one of the best running backs in the league last year, uh, wasn't re-signed by Minnesota. The Jets signed him. This uh, basically going into the season, but they're going to cut him with just a game left, hoping he can find a contending team to play for. Doesn't make much sense, but whatever, we move on. Let's talk about the bowls. So many college bowls. We're going to just go randomly, random selection, shall we? 
the Duke Mayo Bowl, which was played by West Virginia and North Carolina. West Virginia beat North Carolina 30 to 10. The DirecTV Holiday Bowl, USC beat Louisville 42 to 28. That's just sad altogether. Quick Lane Bowl, Minnesota beat Green Bowling Green 30 to 24. Keep going. The my favorite title, the Union Home Mortgage. <laughs> Jazz Pale Bowl, Georgia Tech beat USF 30-17. to Wasn't USF, like, calling themselves national champions not that long ago? Uh, whatever. My second favorite bowl, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Hey, now, was uh, <laughs> South Florida won 45 to nothing, beating Syracuse. Moving on, let's go to... Um, the let's talk about the cricket celebrity ball celebration ball. Florida AM beat Howard 30 to 26. My uncle Timmy was at that game. Uh, he went to Howard. I guess that's I guess that's cricket, your official sponsor for pre your, a prepaid company, which a lot of folks get prepaid. I guess that's the proper sponsor for HBF, HBCU ball. I just love it. I love it. So many the jokes write themselves. I won't do it. All right, let's talk about the New Year Six. Even though they started on December 29th, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, uh, number nine Missouri, uh, beat Ohio State 14 to three. I don't think Ohio State cared. The Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, number 11 Ole Miss, beat number 10 Penn State 38 to 25. The Capital One Orange Bowl, number six Georgia wanted to keep practicing as they beat Florida 63 to three. That kid was a whooping. And my favorite bowl, um, the Fiesta Bowl, where Oregon had Paul O'Liberty travel from Lynchburg all the way to Arizona to lose 45 to six. Sorry, and news just came out that the Liberty quarterback has just entered the transfer portal. Go figure, you can't write this stuff up. All right, let's talk about the NBA and the NBA standings real quick. Boston currently right now 26 and six, Milwaukee 24 and six right behind them, finishing out the rest of the East, uh, excuse me, Philly, Orlando, Miami, Indiana are uh, three through six. Seven through ten, Cleveland Knicks, Brooklyn and Chicago, the bottom of the barrel. The Detroit Pistons, who won one, are back on another losing streak. Can they break their streak? Let's see. Out west, currently right now, Minnesota's the top team out west. Finishing out, it will be the Thunder, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Kings, and the Pelicans run at the top six. Seven through ten is Dallas, Phoenix, Houston, and then the Lakers. I feel like we're not talking about how bad the Lakers have been doing. That sounds like a show for next week. The worst team in the West are the Spurs at five and seventeen. The top team in women's basketball is South Carolina, as they're undefeated at twelve and over. So is UCLA and North Carolina State. Women's college basketball will be real exciting this year. Hey, that's all for downrange for the news. Excuse me, that is for the news. When we return, we're going to talk. We're going to take it to the square circle, brother. And we're going to talk because the great one returned to the ring. This is Downrange Sport.
the notorious sports critic, Dan Rice Sports. Yeah. Get ready. We are tour and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Now, Buddy Landell, it's so. All right. Little Ric Flair there. I'm not going to lie to you. I stole this from Pat McAfee. I started standing more while recording because I have to buy a new chair anyway because this chair is like getting low. I bought it when we moved up here. So give me one second for those of you watching on Instagram and TikTok. This is all visual. Also on YouTube. All right. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, audio went out. I don't know how that happened. Funny. Any case, last night, in San Diego, California, one man returned. The great one, if you will. Finally, The Rock returned for the second time in the calendar year. How about that? Uh, the Rock came out and basically was like, um, he talked a lot of smack. They went real old school in the promos with Jinder Mahal. And it was... You Americans, blah, 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 and The Rock comes out, and you don't run down America. It was a very old-school, old-school script. Kind of made me think, is Vince McMahon, did he work on this segment? Like, I felt like that sounded like a Vince choice. Anyway, The Rock did what The Rock does, and um, he got on the mic and was like, basically, he goes, San Diego. I can't do a good rock. Let me try, let me try. San Diego. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to find me a table. Should I sit at a, should I sit at the bar? Should I sit at the booth? Or should I sit at the head of the table? Which was basically a reference to Roman Reigns, who calls himself the head of the table, the tribal chief, if you will. Why is this hilarious to every wrestling fan? Or why is this going to drive every wrestling fan crazy? Because last year, WrestleMania main event, we saw Cody Rhodes take on Roman Reigns, where they had the greatest swerve I think in wrestling history because up until that point the beats of wrestling or the beats of the WWE go as such you have your big heel champion he's had the belt forever he's unstoppable he cheats to win he finds ways to win you got your super red hot baby face he's building up momentum he's overcoming everything he gets to WrestleMania and he's going to live his moment. And I've personally felt after a day of thinking about it, I was like, you know what? Roman winning and Cody losing was still the best decision because me, it actually made Cody like, oh God, they just didn't give it to him. Funny, because people are not going to agree with this. Triple H who's running the WWE, in his heyday, that used to happen a lot. Go back to WrestleMania 2000, where a lot of people thought it was The Rock's year to win. The Rock doesn't win. Triple H maintains. The Rock and Triple H had a series of matches where I think The Rock doesn't win the title until like a offset pay-per-view. He finally overcomes and beats Triple H. But if you pay attention to like Hunter's, um, Triple H's way of thinking, he's big in the long-term storytelling. So now you got The Rock in. And The Rock basically came out and was like, hey, you know, last year was actually supposed to be me and Roman, but I didn't feel like doing it, so Cody, you go have my, my, my crumbs. I 
still think Cody Rhodes is going to be the main event versus Roman at WrestleMania, but how does the Rock factor into this? Well, either they do... I don't think they're going to do Rock and Roman at Elimination Chamber in Australia because that's a waste of a moment. That match will be bigger than WrestleMania. But I think you have to do something. You could do a triple threat match because... The Rock can't do a whole 15-minute match anymore. I don't think so. I, you know, He's my favorite wrestler of all time. I just don't think it's fair to him. But you put him in a triple threat. He does a couple spot moves here and there. He makes it look like he's going to win. You put him through maybe a table spot. He does the Brock Lesnar. He just lays there. Cody and Roman go back and forth. And then if The Rock hits Roman with a rock bottom, Cody throws The Rock out of the ring and then hits the Roman with the crossroads and pins him, the Rock does, never takes the pin, and he still looks strong. But The Rock is at the point in his career, he could eat a pin. Like, And for those of you that don't understand these wrestling analogies, this is all stuff that they put in place because it's scripted fighting, but they put it in place because you're. it's like in the movies. You don't want your good guy to look bad. Like in, 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 Before today's writers, it used to be an unwritten rule. You don't kill James Bond. You don't kill Rocky. You can't kill Superman. You don't kill um, uh, Indiana Jones. Like some characters were are, were considered unkillable. You don't kill them. And then, you know, that all changed. Because, spoiler alert, they killed James Bond, which I still think is the stupidest ending. That movie was dumb. Gave James Bond a kid and then you killed him. Make that make sense. <laughs> anyway, I'm one of the firm... I'm watching, I think what Triple H has done now is he has... Between Damian Priest with the title, The Rock, CM Punk, Cody Rhodes. Hell, you could throw Sami Zayn in there. You could throw Jey Uso in there. You could throw a Roman, uh, uh, Randy Orton. He has a hand. He has now real competitors biting that you could call main events. Where in Vince's world, which I don't have a problem with that either, he would like ha- he basically wanted to make what you called um, spectacles. Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Stone, like larger than life characters that told a story, a shorter story, but like fans didn't care. Like fans, I want fans to come see this spectacle, the Brock Lesnar's of the world and stuff like that. So we'll see how it works out. For AEW, they got their own issues. I'm going to back this quick because I want to get a few things in. It came out, it's alleged Chris Jericho may have done some Harvey Weinstein like stuff. I think it's kind of weird, or I think it's kind of funny how AEW is kind of like, oh, no, this didn't happen. But, like, when anytime something would happen to WWE, Tony Khan gets on the internet, says some crazy stuff, or looks to do crazy stuff or capitalize. AEW is going in the wrong direction. I don't care what they say. Nothing. The, the devil storyline is a big, it just, it's just went flat. Your champion, who was your champion, is no longer on your, on your, your, your active roster page. Make that one make sense to me. Like, you didn't even... You you gave him an old-school wrestling write-off. Like, you didn't even, like, give him a true write-off. And then, like, nothing the company does make sense. It, I liked watching it when it first started. I thought it was separating itself, making itself look different in the WWE. But now, from the outside looking in, it just looks like Tony Khan wants to put his favorite friend... Like, his best friends out there. Like, you could tell who he's cool with because there's so much other talent that they never they don't use. And I think it's funny to me that their releases or they 
They don't call their they don't call not resigning their people releases. They just call it they choose not to resign. And people who want to like be buddy buddy, they won't say anything. Like if you watch any of the wrestling podcasts, or they don't say nothing. Like, oh, so and so's leaving. Oh, bye bye. But like the WWE has a release. It's like the WWE is evil. They fired everybody. These people will never eat again. They're just gonna go hungry. Like stop. They'll be fine. Like relax. There's a rumor. That tomorrow night on Dynamite, Sasha Banks may show up or Mercedes Monet. Quite frankly, I don't see it. I don't know. I think she's she's boring as hell to me. I you know I didn't think she was all that cool really. I thought she was like playing a character, which they all do, but I didn't feel like it was her. If it is, so be it. A lot of people think she's this big game changing star. She needed, if she doesn't go back to the WWE, she's going to make the same mistakes so many did. The only reason why she goes to AEW is because she can pretty much do what she wants there, which is fine. You want a lighter schedule, you do what you want. But if she's still trying to be the star outside the company that she wants to be, she needs to go back to the WWE. Just go look. Like, what they do to the women in AEW from, from a productive standpoint is not good. They don't get a good spotlight on them. Right now, Tony Storm is the biggest star, but there's a reason behind that. If you think about it, it's very attitude era ish. But like your best technical wrestler, like Athena, is wall to wall probably their best. She's never on television. Like how they have every other champion in that company on TV but Athena. How you sign Paige, aka Soraya, aka Paige. You did nothing with her. You got Edge. You got him in a stupid storyline. <laughs> like, you got all... Like, he just doesn't know what to do. And the company was better when it was, he had less people there. When it was the original core. Because you built... You built up the... You built up the Orange Cassidy's of the world and guys like that. And now it's just like... I don't, it really looks like WCW in the later days. Not the good days of, like, the, the, the 96 to... 98, where it looks like the 99 to 2000 WCW and definitely the Impact Wrestling uh, or TNA before they changed the name to Impact. That's what it looks like. Just a bunch of names there that don't know what they're doing. So, if you know what the best AEW signer should be? Vince McMahon. That would be great. If Tony Khan was like, hey, Vince, can I come work for you? Or if Tony was like, hey, Vince, will you come work with me? That would be a good sign. Hey, everybody. We're going to call it quits. Thank you all for uh, listening and watching the ramblings of a crazy person. Next week on Monday, uh, we're going to do the uh, the college playoff, uh, college football playoff championship game show. That will be a quick, we're going to knock that one out. Um, and then Tuesday, the regular show, we'll probably have a harder recap on the championship game. Uh, tune in and download Downright Sports on all Podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you can find us. Also, download the DJ Chase Radio app and uh, listen to other music. Listen to other shows. Um, get an idea. The, the, the world is so much bigger than just Downright Sports. Don't tell anybody that. Uh, follow Downright Sports on all social media platforms. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You name it, we there. We ain't everywhere. Calm down. I just named all of them, okay? Uh, subscribe on YouTube and become a fan. We'll highlight you guys next week. Happy New Year. Bah, 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 and deuces. Be safe.
costs $800 and that costs $200. And I don't know what that costs. I'd be ashamed to wear it. That's why I wear lizard shoes and a Rolex watch. My name is Cupid Valentino, the modern day Cupid. And I just want to say one thing. Happy Valentine's Day. I don't think y'all heard, man. I just want to say Happy Valentine's Day. Can y'all dig that? Now, when arrows don't penetrate, see. He shoots straight for your heart Now, and he won't miss you But that's alright, y'all won't believe in me anyway, but You won't believe in me, but you And putting props that others opt to call falling in love But 
For the record, have you ever rode a horse? Like for you to take me to Pluto, I said of course. But if you ain't a sweetie and DD, I won't endorse. Hunt solo till I'm hit by the bullet, so may the force be with you and I wish you in better time permits. For now, show me samples, examples why you're the shit. But how am I to know with the profession that I'm in? And if you do not know me, then how could you be my friend?